0: It's time to get all set for Sunday! A podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts
1: Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer.
0: When I hear the coffee brewing I think what the heck we doing because I got barely any sleep last night As the diaper bag I pack with hot whizz dollies and some snacks I say oh pray there'll be a seat in the prep room this time It's alright cause I'm all set for Sunday! it's all right because i'm all set for it's all right because
1: i'm all set for it's all all
0: welcome to all set for sunday podcast for busy and distracted catholics to be a little more prepared for sunday mass my name is scott williams my co-host is jeff trailer howdy howdy scott Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. That's my cowboy accent.
2: Is, is it? Yeah. Thank you for cowboying. Gideon. <laughs> um. <laughs> How you been? I'm good. Yeah? I'm good, That's yeah. Right. It's getting a little chillier. <laughs> it is. It's getting a little chillier. We're, we're heading... It's late autumn now. then you into that the winter that this is one of your favorite Sundays of the year? It is my favorite It's at least the favorite title of a Sunday. Got it. Yeah.
0: Uh, Father Dufresne, how are you today?
1: I'm great. Yeah? Love Welcome back. Love. Thank you.
0: Do you like Christ the King Sunday?
1: I love Christ the King Sunday.
0: What's your favorite part?
1: Oh, man.
0: <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> you know? Christ, Christ the think- King of the Universe. Oh, that, so the official name is Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ King of the Universe.
1: Correct. Yeah. That's
2: why that's why it's my favorite. Christ the King Sunday. That's a great name. Don't get me wrong, it summarizes it. But the whole like Jesus Christ King of the Universe. Yeah. That's I mean, mm. come
1: I think on. my favorite part, Scott, is when our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, becomes present on the altar. <laughs> which doesn't necessarily distinguish it from any other Sunday. <laughs> Or any other but day for that matter. It's my favorite part.
0: Yes. Favorite part of every day.
2: <laughs> Good answer. Which, you chose the right profession, then. I, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: All right. Well, you ready for the two minute drill, Jeff?
2: I am. Um, as soon as I write down this dumb question that I want to hold on to for later, but now yeah, I'm ready. Oh no, um, good. I good just tip. remembered I have a really good one for you, Father, that I've been holding on to for quite a while.
1: At least you're coming up with your own now. Whoa, <laughs> it's aggressive, <laughs> but whatever. Um, did we have right.
0: listener-generated ones last time you were on the show?
1: Uh, there were some priest-generated ones yes. last time.
2: <laughs> I, did, I remember. I didn't
1: intend for that to be fully aggressive, but no, I, I think that was.
2: Our friend, Father Tim, came up with some questions for you the last time we had you on. All right. Um, our first reading comes from Second Samuel. And this is in, in the theme of kings, not mm-hmm. of the universe, but just kings. We see the crowning of David, King David, um, that he becomes the, the king that shepherd the people of Israel, commander of Israel. Um, we see King David put into place here. And um, from there... He's anointed that king of Israel, and and we have that leader. So it's a nice little like glimpse into the future uh, there in that role that Jesus will play, but at a much larger level. Uh, Response: Our Psalm. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Oh, this is, is there is there is some hand clap crosses coming in churches around this country. Hopefully not all, but. Somebody father knew exactly what I was talking about when I said it, but somebody Mm. is going to, I rejoice when they said, Oh yeah. We're going to get some hand clap crosses. Um, good luck. (laughs) Great priests out there. Um, all right. The second reading is from Colossians. Um, we really get some beautiful poetry here. It is. And, and laying out for us who this, who this King of the universe is, the image of the invisible God created all things, heaven and earth. He is before all things. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, firstborn from the, just this beautiful listing and understanding, um, almost a little creed, if you will, um, kind of laying out who is Jesus to us, um, but very well done. And then in our gospel reading, we have Luke chapter 23, 35 to 43. The ruler sneered at Jesus and said, he saved others. Let him save himself If the ch- if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him, and they approached to offer him wine and called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him, there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals, hanging there, reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed... We have been condemned justly for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes, but this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, amen, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise.
0: All right. Good job reading, Jeff. Oh, thanks. Uh, Father DeFran, did Jeff get anything wrong?
1: Um... I didn't hear anything wrong. I I especially liked the part where you complimented the quality of St. Paul's poetry. Yeah. Those it's like, I think St. Paul feels very firm right now.
2: Not only only did I not get anything wrong, I got something extra, right? Yeah. Look at that. (laughs) Exactly. I got a gold star. I was heading in a different direction there, but. Oh, what did you think? I mean, just. Did you think I got anything wrong? It's just
0: been a long time since someone has like
1: pointed out a
2: glaring heresy that
1: maybe the priests that you have on are growing in charity.
2: Perhaps. I don't think that's the case or based on the list of priests liars. we have
0: on <laughs> or tuning out the two-minute drill. As yeah, that
2: might be more likely. <laughs> I think oftentimes we. Pretty sure up. he
0: didn't say anything wrong.
2: I I've often wondered if I could, with some of our guests, if I could do the whole two-minute drill on the wrong Sunday and they wouldn't notice (laughs) because they're that tuned out. But yeah,
0: perhaps. Uh, well, speaking of tuning out, we don't want people to tune out during this. Oh, that was a good recovery. I
1: didn't know where you were going.
2: (laughs) Me either. (laughs) I I could see
0: it. What are you preaching on this
1: weekend? Speaking of people tuning out your homily father. Um, (laughs) well, I, I really have two questions for you guys as I was as I was looking at I mean there's a lot first of all you always have to answer this this main question as a preacher when you're dealing with something like Christ the King am I preaching on the readings am I preaching on the feast or am I preaching on both Mm. right and so I really dug a lot into what is Christ the King Sunday because I love it right I mean what is more triumphant than like celebrating Christ our King. It's the last Sunday of the liturgical year. Mm-hmm. Like we're getting ready to go into Advent, which is my personal, personally my favorite season of the year. Um, mostly because it's melancholic. Um, it's like, it's, it's a season of expectant joy. And for me, expectant joy is apparently melancholy. Anyway, so... Um, that's an important question. So I would encourage people at mass this weekend, ask yourself the question, did Father preach on the feast? Did he preach on the readings? Did he preach on both? Did he preach on neither? I, um, hopefully hopefully one, of the, one of the first three. Yeah. Uh, but my questions for you all is, first question, have you seen The Lion King? Of yes. Okay, good. Um, Come on. It's, I mean that's a classic. But are I'm we talking live action original
2: original, we, okay. original original. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Or the, uh, are we talking the musical, the movie?
1: I think I've seen the musical too, but the movie. Okay. All right. The original movie Elton but those John doing in the, the sound and
2: awesome stuff. Anyway. Yes, um, Elton John. Okay, yes. so we've seen the of. So you're king. preaching about Elton John.
1: No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the second question is how would you all like in the course of this brief podcast to solve all the problems of the world.
0: I I wouldn't mind doing that.
2: I think it's something I can get behind, but I'm not confident in my ability to do so. But if you're leading us, Father...
0: I don't want to create more work for myself,
2: but... (laughs) Yeah, I'd prefer melancholic, (laughs) melancholic,
1: but whatever. (laughs) So, um, starting with The Lion King, do you all remember the scene where... Mufasa and Simba, they wake Mufasa. up early. Ooh. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> um, where they wake up early, they go up to the top of Pride Rock uh-huh. and the sun's rising, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And Mufasa looks out on everything and and he says, everything the light touches is our kingdom, right? Yes. And then, of course, Simba's like, what about that shadowy place? He's like, you must never go there, Right. A, so, lot of,
2: a lot of great memes out on the internet having to do with that. I know you're not on the internet often, but there's a lot of great ones. Go ahead.
1: I'll have to, you'll have to send me some of those. Okay. Um, but everything the light touches is our kingdom. So we have this Print sense. out, put in an envelope. <laughs> That's what I was, thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. How do we send in the internet? Telegram, please. <laughs> um, everything the I light know, touches call. is our kingdom. So when, when, we see, when we think of a king we obviously immediately think of a kingdom like to be a king you have to have a kingdom Mm -hmm. right and and whether we're talking about king david in the first reading whether we're talking about kings in the world throughout history whether we're talking about mufasa like every kingdom has its borders right well what are the borders of christ's kingdom the universe (laughs) yes right and so this made me uh, this image came to me of of the Lion King this week because I was thinking about that line in the creed you know what we say about Christ cuz sometimes this this feast of Christ the King can kind of sneak up on us it's like Jesus is Jesus is our friend okay Jesus is our teacher okay Jesus is is a prophet Jesus is our savior we like that Jesus is our helper Jesus is our healer and then it's like Jesus is our King of the universe. Wait, wait a second. What? (laughs) Because there's, there's something in our culture that, I mean, obviously we're, we're here in the United States. Like we're very famous for getting rid of our King, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) So there's something in us that's like King is kind of bad, but every Sunday we say about Christ and his kingdom will have no end. Right? So I was thinking about that and it's like, okay, that's kind of distant, like in eternity. But as I was drilling down into the, into the encyclical that founded this feast, when was, um, 1925.
2: Okay. I was curious about like the timing of when somebody decided to add that universe piece. So when
0: we went to space. Yeah.
2: It was, we hadn't gone to space. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So Pius XI. Plus that was a sound studio. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Flight camp, babe. Not
1: taking the bait. Um, <laughs> so the Feast of Christ the King was established by Pius the Eleventh in 1925. And... Jesus Christ, king of the universe. What's significant about 1925 is that it's 1,600 years after the—it's the, the 1,600-year anniversary of the Council of Nicaea. Ah. Right. Okay. So they were having this big jubilee year, and to close the jubilee year, the pope proclaimed this new feast. And the the church does this periodically, yeah. right? Um like Corpus Christi wasn't something that the apostles celebrated. Right. Right. Even Christmas, uh, or, um, even the, the three big feasts of like the annunciation, Easter, Christmas, um, they're not universally celebrated right away. And so over time, like feasts get added when the church needs them. So Corpus Christi is added when there's a low point in faith or a challenge Mm. to Eucharistic faith. Why is Christ the King added? Well, Pius XI says in in a letter that's called uh, Quas Primus, I think. Mm. I've got it right here. I don't know if that's um, the pronunciation, but we'll take it. Quas Primus. What's that mean? Um, it, it's the Latin for in the first. Mm. So the it's first, always the first few words. The first of few the... words. Yeah, yeah. I just think So the, the English title. You just wanted to I... set yourself up to say that? No, I... Yeah. No, I agree with you. But, but usually
0: they, they, they pick yeah. a first sentence that makes sense for, for it, what they're
1: talking about. If you, if you search Pius XI on the Feast of Christ the King, that will be the English title. But he, he puts out this document to say, this is why I want to celebrate this feast. And basically what he says is, the Feast of Christ the King is the antidote to all of the evils of our modern world. We did it
0: say that one more time the feast of For christ in the, the king
1: the feast of christ the king is the antidote to all the evils in our modern world so you if you look at papal documents from like the 18 the mid 1800s right up until the second vatican council there are all of these warnings and all of these you know and and sometimes it can seem a little like stodgy like a little old-fashioned a little reactionary but the popes were consistently warning us about issues in our culture. And, and if you read this document, it sounds like some of the things that he's saying, he could be writing them today right. about things that are in the culture that are causing problems. But he says that the root of all of them is that Christ has been excluded from public life. Christ is not our king. And so he establishes the Feast of Christ the King in this time in the 1920s. Secularism is just kind of getting off the ground, right? There's just been a huge world war. Um, People are losing faith. You know, there's anti-clericalist movements and like like anti-priest movements in Mexico and and other places going on. And he puts his finger on what's wrong and he says, Christ is not the king anymore. Mm. Christ is not reigning. And that is why there is not peace. Because he's the prince of peace, right? So as I was thinking about his kingdom shall have no end, that's not just true time-wise. I think it's also true when you look at the expanse of the kingdom. Like there are no borders to Christ's kingdom.
2: No shadow land for There's no, Jesus Christ. No.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, there is. There is. And it's within his kingdom, but you don't want to be there. Yeah. Um, we should still never go there. You should never go there. But it, yes, never go there, Simba. Um, <laughs> but the uh, I'm more of a Pumbaa guy. And but. his kingdom have, I'm not taking the bait. Uh, his kingdom <laughs> will have no end. And this paragraph in what Pius XI said, I think, really sums it up. And I think this is the question that I'm left with for myself, and the question that I think. I'm going to preach about this weekend. So buckle up. This is a a bit of a long paragraph, but Pius XI says, if to Christ our Lord is given all power in heaven and on earth, it must be clear that not one of our faculties is is exempt from his empire. He must reign in our minds, which should assent with perfect submission and firm belief to revealed truths and to the doctrines of Christ. He must reign in our wills, which should obey the laws and precepts of God. He must reign in our hearts, which should spurn natural desires and love God above all things and cleave to Him alone or be attached to Him alone. He must reign in our bodies and in our members, which should serve as instruments for the interior sanctification of our souls, or to use the words of the apostle Paul as instruments of justice unto God. So Pius XI is diagnosing the problems in the world, is saying things are falling apart, there's violence, there are all of these challenges that they've just lived through World War I, there are all of these new movements that are disrupting families and nations, and he's saying the problem is Christ is not the king. But he's also saying that the solution begins with us. You know, G.K. Chesterton wrote a pretty famous letter to the editor, um, and I have to look up which newspaper this was in, but I have a I have a copy, photocopy of, his letter to the editor. So the question that the, the newspaper asked is, what is wrong? Or what is wrong with the world? And his answer is, the, the answer to the question, what is wrong, is or should be, I am wrong. I am wrong. It makes not, sense. That, not I am bad, but I am wrong. No, right? it. so
2: when you read that paragraph, I was taking notes. I just defaulted to like theology class. And I'm a I'm very much a problem solver. Like that's it's where I'm best at in, in my job and in like I just figuring out the solution and things. So what when you read that paragraph, I heard like a if then and statement, right? Like it's if we're gonna accept that he is all powerful, then nothing is exempt, which means we have to let him in. So the, the only thing that could be wrong is us allowing him in rather than it can't be that he doesn't have control over it. Cause we're saying he's all powerful. He's King of the universe, And we know that we know that to be the case. So then if there's something missing, it's because we haven't allowed him in our hearts to reign our hearts, our minds, our souls, our, our actions, everything.
1: Yeah. I yeah. think, I think that's the question you come away with when you say Christ is King. It's like, we do this one Sunday a year, but is he my King? Hmm all the time, right? Does he, is there an, where are the limits of Christ's kingdom? Like in my own mind, in my own heart, in my own will, in, in my life, in my family, in our nation, like these are questions that are important for all of us to ask. Um,
0: now, those three words were the entirety of his response. Is that right? Do I remember that correctly?
1: Um, it was a little bit longer. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Chesterton's response. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was a little bit longer. That's kind of a, it, it's been turned into kind of an apocryphal story. Right. But essentially that's what he was trying to say. Mm. It was like when I, I think there's a, there's a connection here where when we look around the world or we look in even closer to home in our parish or in our city or in our family and we see things that are off, um, where do we start? We don't start with like all the other people. Right? Sometimes in the confessional, it's like, thank you for confessing everyone else's sins. Do you have any sins you <laughs> confess? Like, I know that those are your husband's or your wife's sins, but are what are your sins? Um, right? And the, the answer is looking to ourselves, like saying, okay, if this world is going to get better, if our parish is going to be better, if our church is going to be better, then Christ needs to be my king, absolutely. Like there needs to be n- no end to Christ's kingdom in my life. There needs to be nothing in my life that isn't given over to him. And you know, I think there are very practical ways that, that people can kind of do that examination and say, you know, am I just a, a subject of Christ the king like for an hour on Sunday or and then the rest of the week is normal or, or every day? Am I setting aside time for prayer? Am I dedicating myself to the King? Um,
0: it's amazing how many encyclicals and church documents were written to address a specific issue of that time, but have become this timeless document because we still we still deal with the same crap over and over and over again.
2: We just find and it. it's still our fault.
0: <laughs> yeah, the answer is yeah. always still the same. Yeah. We're just using different words.
1: Well, and and the reason we continue to come back in this kind of sick cyc- cyclical fashion to these same problems in the world is that, you know, ultimately we haven't listened, yeah. right? Like yeah. the world, the world did not listen to Pius XI. They didn't listen to Pius Tenth. They didn't listen to Pius XII. They, they didn't listen, you know, we're, we're still not listening. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, until we listen, until we truly proclaim that Christ is our king, not just one Sunday a year, but in all of our thoughts and all of our choices and in, in our hearts, um, there will still be a, like, we will still be what is wrong with the world. <laughs> and, um, but I, I think this feast is, a, is an encouragement. I mean, it, it's explicitly meant to lead us back to Christ our king. Right, it's supposed to be that reminder once a year of, that's right, Christ is the King, Christ is ruling. Mm-hmm. We, we are already member, you know, as as baptized people, as members of the Catholic Church, we are already members of his kingdom here on earth. Um, and how can we extend that kingdom? How can, how can we live in that kingdom full-time instead of part-time?
0: I've always kind of looked at this solemnity as somewhat of an adoration of, an admiration of Christ the King but the way you've kind of explained it today is more of a surrender to Christ yeah. as our king.
1: Yeah, the feast is definitely for us. It's not for Christ. Yeah. Right? He doesn't like, need it. He doesn't need yeah. it. It's a good way to put that. But he, he gives it to <laughs> us through Pius Eleventh because he he knows that we will be most fully happy. Like he knows that we will enjoy the fullest peace if we make him our king. Like if we are willing to submit ourselves to him. We're willing to obey him, you know. In in the Gospel according to John, like he continually says, "If you love me, you will keep my commands." Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm clearly preaching just on the feast here, but there's also, and as long as we're drawing breath, we can claim Christ as our King, right? If you look at the gospel for today, which is the one of the greatest moments of hope in the entire gospel, you know, you have a thief who's been crucified with Christ. Like this guy's a criminal. He even says like, I'm, I deserve what I'm getting. I deserve being condemned. And then he turns, he looks at this man that's hanging on a cross next to him, who's bloody, who's been stripped mm-hmm. and who's suffering. And he looks at that man and he says, he has a kingdom. Jesus, remember me, me yeah. when you come into your kingdom. And that's all he had to say. That's how simple it is. So I I think, you know, this feast invites us to do a, a heartfelt examination of conscience and say, like, where is Christ already reigning in my life? And to give thanks for that, to say, where does he need to reign more? And and ask him to help us do that because He he's constantly, he's giving us all the graces we need to be members of his kingdom. And he desires us to be a, mm-hmm. a part of his kingdom. One thing that people can actually do is... Um, there's a partial indulgence for the Feast of Christ the King. Ooh, partial. Yeah.
2: Let's do it. I'll take so, a piece of that. Can everybody get it done from Wednesday when we release this to Sunday?
1: Yeah. So Let's go. It's, so a partial indulgence is granted to the faithful who piously recite the active dedication of the human race to Jesus Christ the King, and a plenary indulgence is granted if it is recited publicly on the Feast of our Lord Jesus Christ the King. So there's a prayer here, of dedication of the whole human race. Father shows us a prayer on a piece of paper. Um, prayer. And if we pray that prayer, um, all the conditions for indulgences being satisfied—you know, being in a state of grace, receiving confession and holy communion, etc., etc.—so
2: will you pray that with your congregation at mass? On, because t- if you pray that with everybody out loud. Yeah. You've given them all the gift of a plenary indulgence, right? Yeah. Bonus. Let's go.
1: Yeah, it'd be awesome.
0: Hmm.
2: Let's I all know. do that. If you're listening, give your priest this prayer before he walks. Right. We'll put it in the and, show notes. Yeah. Yeah. We won't Google it because Scott doesn't know how to put things in the show the, notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's called
1: it's called the act of dedication of the human race to Jesus Christ the King. Yeah. Let's,
0: we'll let's put do that it. in the show notes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, Jeff, you ready for some dumb dumb questions? I am. It's time for Jeff's Dumb Questions, the part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer, and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry.
2: I am. All right. First dumb question, Father. I was just commenting on this, but I think the first time we ever had you on here, I asked you some questions about vagabond ministries. And at the time you were just kind of like lost about it. And I realized then later that it was because these ministries were coming into town. And then when COVID hit and everything, everything got delayed, but now here we are again. And I know that vagabond ministries is a really interesting and unique ministry organization that has come into Indianapolis and is operating kind of via your parish. Can you give us uh, just a brief, like, what are they doing? What's interesting about them? How, you know, what, what should the world know about Vagabond Ministries Well,
1: I, with you as their pastor? To, to be fair, uh, I'm usually lost. So that may have just been like me being normal <laughs> okay. in our last meeting <laughs> or in, our, in the first recording. But Vagabond Missions it is an organization, a nonprofit that works with urban youth to lead them from hopelessness to hope in Christ. Mm. So they are in to introduce several, them to the king. Yeah, they're in several cities uh, throughout the country, and they've recently come to Indianapolis for the first time, and they're they're working with us at St. Philip Neri on the Near East Side. So um, we're very excited to have two uh, recent college graduates who are missionaries in our parish, uh, as Sienna and Joe. They're awesome, and they are working to just build relationships with teens who may high school age teens who, who may have no church connection whatsoever. um, And to try to introduce them to Christ. I mean, it's boots on the ground, you know, relational ministry in our neighborhood, which is, you know, a pretty, pretty rough neighborhood. I like it, but it's a challenging, a lot of people who are struggling, a lot of people in situations that feel hopeless sometimes. And um, they are their mission, their whole life right now, is bringing those people the hope of Jesus Christ, and
2: I find it fascinating the work that they're doing because we we talk a lot as a church about evangelization, um, but I know that their ministry is like very specifically dedicated to like we want to get outside of the roster of the church. We're out trying to find the unchurched, those yeah. who are not just who have like fallen away from the Catholic faith, but don't know the Catholic faith, don't know it at all, and bring them in. I think that's unique. Not that they're trying to like exclude others, but there are a lot of ministries within any parish that are helping feed that. But I think this is interesting that their their focus is really just the community.
1: Honestly, I think there's something about their model that parishes can learn from, and mm-hmm. you know they they have a model of there are, there are levels that you can engage. Uh, you can engage the the evangelization at. So they offer you know, just fun events like youth events with like a five, 10 minute witness at the end, or they they offer a Bible study for people who want to go a little bit deeper. And for people that want to go even deeper, they have RCIA or they'll bring kids to mass on Sunday, right? So they, um, I, I think that's that evangelization ministry is difficult for us as Catholics because sometimes we can restrict our parish activity so much to, well, what we do is mass. So let's just bring people to mass. And it's like, sometimes people don't know what to do with that or they're not ready for that. Right? Not always they, the easiest introduction. They they need to have a, a relationship. So mm. where are the places that we can welcome people where it's it's no pressure, <laughs> there's social engagement, they can feel at home, and then we share a little bit of the, the hope of the gospel with them. And, the, and Vagabond's doing that. I really admire it and I'm I'm thrilled that, that they're in our parish. It's, That's awesome. It's been a huge blessing. So. Well,
2: thank you for welcoming them and the work you're doing. And we're excited here at Catholic Concepts to be working with them and trying to support their ministry too. So it's pretty awesome. All right, next question. I've been asking this all throughout the fall and uh, season here because I I repeat this every week. But I, to give you context, not that you don't listen to the podcast every week, but I'll go ahead and give you some For new listeners. Then, for new listeners. Uh, I, re- I saw a... I think online of a church that in their silent auction offered that if you won the silent auction, you could remove a hymn from being played for the entire year. Uh, I, I was reminded recently on, on our show that like as a pastor, you really can do that. But not that you would. But if you could remove a hymn for an entire year, what would it be, Father?
1: Remove a
0: hymn? Just yep. rip a page out of the hymnal. Just, um,
2: um, you, it doesn't get to be played for an entire year. Hmm. Or if you're some of our guests, you could just choose an entire mass setting.
1: <laughs> mm. Some of the guests choose a whole mass setting. Yeah,
2: that Father Christian Rav, he
1: had a whole a whole one. I have a feeling I would remove more than just one. You got uh, one. <laughs> you get one. Um, What's the first one that comes in your mind? I know there's something. Well, I mean, the standard... That comes to mind is all are welcome, right? Like that's that's a particularly sorry,
0: humming that song just to give you a... That's, a, that's a particularly
1: painful hymn. Hmm. Um, what a what a what a hymn to choose coming off of what we just talked about with vagabond
0: ministries.
2: Well, again, all are welcome, not that welcome, you,
1: but well, read past the first line. I know, um. <laughs> yeah, is that good enough? Yes, yes, great. Have I incriminated myself enough?
2: Oh, we're going we're go to a different step here. Uh next question for you. you. Might have to rack your brain a little bit. I'm just this is kind of a retro question. Have you ever heard of a, a group, a musical group, called Super Fresh Saturday?
1: I I think I've heard of that. <laughs> you have? Yeah.
2: I recently heard about this group that they were a a, a duo of individuals
1: who were a Justin Bieber cover band. Have you? Does that sound accurate? I don't think their repertoire was limited to Justin Bieber. No. If I remember correctly. I I heard a rumor. That, <laughs> I heard a rumor that they're now, they're now two collared men.
2: <laughs> yeah. Priests of the the archdiocese of Indianapolis. That.
1: So you've been talking to Father Brockmeyer. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the podcast, but you just doubted him. <laughs> Well, if he's going to out me, I'm going to out him. <laughs>
2: I I've never even said, you were a part of this group. I was just curious if you he heard him. Yeah, <laughs> we recently were very lucky to have Father Brockmeyer lead a retreat for us, and in that conversation, he well, he was first off, it was very interesting, and I'm curious to ask him about it on the podcast next time about the number of people he has lived with who have then moved on to religious life, like. <laughs> Pretty impressive, including yourself. But when we found out you guys were roommates, and then he shared that you were part of a group called Super Fresh Saturday. Yeah. If if it gives you any solace, I was just trying to remember it, and I texted him and asked him, and he said, I'm going to give this opportunity to help you forget. And then a friend of ours who was at the retreat chimed in with the answer. (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: I mean, I'm – it was – College was a time when I played a lot of music. Yeah. And, uh, and performed. And performed. And it was a particular joy to, you know, what I really needed. The reason, you know, we, we covered Justin Bieber is I really needed someone who could sing like Justin Bieber. So I played the guitar. Um, and Father
2: James sing like Justin Bieber. Yeah,
1: draw your own conclusion. It's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Well, thank you.
2: That was great. Yeah. You nice for that, that me. made my day. It's alright, cause I'm all set for. It's alright,
0: cause I'm all set for. It's alright, cause I'm all set for Sunday.